0: Bobo Network is the bomb The cutting edge of geekdom Comics, advice, D&D
1: Movies, video games, RPGs Finding it's easy, just stay calm
2: of The Tome Show is brought to you by listeners like you. Thanks for using The Tome's Amazon and D&D Classics affiliates links. Shop from these two great places and help the show by clicking through our links at thetomeshow.com when you shop.
3: Hi everyone, I am Marshila Marcy-Rocklow. I am the author of Stain of Shadows, The Shard Axe, and Legacy of Wolves, and you are listening to The Tome.
2: Welcome to the Tome, a D&D news, reviews, and interview show, and I'm your Tome host, Jeff Griner, And I'm Tracy Hurley. In this episode, number 210, we've set the table with Tab, Candy Cigarettes, and Big Leak Chew for a revival of 1975 with the Dungeon Board Game.
0: And joining us in this episode is our esteemed, and I was originally going to say now healthy, except not exactly, editor <laughs> Sam Dillon. <laughs> Hello. Who's back under the weather. Can't shake it. And also with us is our special guest, Jeff Dugan, who has some insights into playing the game with young kids. That I do. And you've been on the show with us before, haven't you? No, I haven't. You haven't? Oh, wow. Well, that's awesome. Definitely. It's always fun to have new people on. Expanding the pool. There you go.
2: But uh, before we get into the review, we should first talk a little bit about the Dungeon Board game. So we'll set the scene. It's 1975. It's 1975. David McGary is playing games with his buddy Gary Gygax. Gary had come up with this new idea uh, for taking an army simulation game where you go down into dungeons and perform vital tasks, thus creating DD. And while he was while Gary was playing on that game, David took the idea and Gary's rules and modified them into a simple to play, no DM needed competitive board game. Pick a hero, go into the dungeon, fight some monsters, and be the first to get out with your loot history and wikipedia tell us that first came out in 1975 beating DD to the store shelves expanded in 76 and was republished with small modifications in 80 1980 1981 89 92 and now in october 2012 uh, most of the changes uh, in, at least in the most recent one were matters of cosmetics and nomenclature so now the game is ready for a whole new set of gamers
0: all right so dungeon I feel like it should be exclaimed because it has the exclamation point. Here. I know.
2: I'm wondering, like dungeon. It's it definitely after Stan started working there, but
0: <laughs> no, it, it's actually had the exclamation
3: point the whole way through.
0: Yeah, from seventy five, I think dungeon had the exclamation point before Stan did.
2: Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. Oh, it's okay,
0: after <laughs> so Stan ripped it off of the dungeon.
2: Um, we will have to ask mm. him this.
0: What you didn't say in your
1: awesome intro, Tracy, that was in by history in wikipedia was that uh the dungeon board game in 1977 was nominated for a the charles s roberts best fantasy board game award yeah, it did yeah. not win it was only a nominee but it but it was it was nominated it's also made the games 100 twice in 91 and 92
0: look at this, Appar- this apparently in- i'm not the <laughs> only one who can look at wikipedia <laughs>
1: Mm -hmm. Uh, No, we go to BoardGameGeek, the actual official source of everything board game goodness. (laughs) That would be right, Sam. That's
0: fair.
2: Sounds like some people should be Wikipedia editors now. Mm.
0: (laughs) Get
1: on that. I'd rather spend my time on RPG Geek and BoardGameGeek.
2: That's true. That's fair.
0: Probably a a more manageable community there.
1: Yes. Although, no no knocks to Wikipedia. Wikipedia used to be a, a really sort of sketchy source, and they have They've done amazing things with uh, the internet and knowledge, so I'm not knocking Wikipedia.
0: And that's our review I of Wikipedia. Knocking,
1: I, yeah. <laughs> I was knocking. I was knocking Jeff's. I was knocking Jeff's ability to translate the history into a coherent introduction for Tracy. Well,
0: <laughs> Tracy didn't exactly stick with my script. I gotta say. What? Well. But...
2: <laughs> Actually, I stayed with most of it. But anyways, yeah, that's irrelevant. Yeah, yeah.
0: right <laughs> anyway, about so dungeon. dungeon. So what what is Dungeon? Who wants to explain what Dungeon is?
3: I'll give it a shot. Dungeon is an attempt to take what you might think of as the iconic old school dungeon crawl D&D experience and translate it into a board game that doesn't require a DM, that can be played even by some relatively young kids, and I'll sort of hit that part on it in just a moment, and that if the dice are with you, you can have somebody win in the space of about 30 minutes. If the dice are not with you, it can stretch on and on as is the case for anything that's got a lot of luck to it. Mm. So that when the board is laid out in front of you, there's a, there is a single room in the middle that's sort of the main hall entrance chamber up on the first level. And all of the other rooms as you start to go down are color coded. The different colors translate to different levels in the dungeon in the old-school dungeon-crawl kind of spirit, as you go deeper, the monsters get more dangerous, but the treasures also become more valuable. The four classes, which in the new one are listed as a fighter, a cleric, a rogue, and a wizard. I think the old one are hero, superhero, dwarf, and
0: elf. Uh, are... One of them was wizard. Wizard didn't, didn't change, as I recall. Okay.
3: Hero, superhero, elf, and wizard, then, probably. The classes have different... Different abilities at melee prowess, including the, the Rogue in the recent, most recent one, and I think it's the Elf in the Old one, have, are able to find the various secret doors more easily. Balancing the different combat prowess is that generally the weaker one is at fighting the smaller the quantity of treasure that one needs to win i don't think there's anything relevant that i'm missing at the
0: moment no i think that pretty well pretty well covers the basics of the game and it's and it's an interesting you mentioned that you know typically if the dice are with somebody that it's about a 30 minute game um i think it's been in i've played it six or seven times now and our average i think has been about 30 minutes um We've only had one game that I think really went beyond that, and that's just because we had a lot of character death. You know? So everybody got really close, and then there was that one monster they couldn't kill, and, and, <laughs> and, you know, and it wiped them out.
3: Now that most of my experience thus far is playing either two or very rarely three players with my seven-and-change-year-old. And so possibly some of my experience with respect to its length just has to do with the fact that as seven-year-olds sometimes do, we'll get we'll get about thirty minutes into the game and his mm-hmm. attention span will just start to wane. Sure. And so if we if we haven't gotten really close to finishing it by then, then it then it starts to drag and just needing to keep him focused on being able to play. Or figuring out a way that we can walk away and not have his almost three-year-old younger sister come mess things up while it's sitting there and taking (laughs) up the entire coffee table. Uh And that I suppose actually is one thing that it's worth pointing out is that there's a decent table footprint space that
0: you need if you actually want to be able to play. Although I feel like it's less than your average board game, especially your average, uh, you know, Watsy board game. Maybe less than your average Watsy board game, but... the the board is rather large, um,
1: but I mean it's it's not overly large. It's mm-hmm. it's not it's not huge. Um, it's it's probably slightly larger than average, I would say.
0: Yeah, I think that's fair.
3: Yeah, slightly larger than average, and then having the space to keep the twelve different piles of cards set and organized.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So,
3: right. Yeah. Six six piles for monsters and six piles for treasure.
2: And I, I know. In the notes, it says to talk about physical product later, but since we're talking about it now, one of the things to know about this game versus a lot of the other Watson board games is that there isn't an organizer tray or anything else to hold these little pieces in.
0: Yeah, the physical product is really minimalist. Like, the pieces are all just cardboard. Even the, the you know, your character pieces are just pieces of cardboard that, that kind of fit together to, to, to stand up. Um, it's a really, really thin box. Uh, not thin in terms of material, but you know, there's just everything's packed in really tight. Um, and, and like you said, there's no organization system. I threw in a couple of uh, ziploc bags and threw, you know, one set of cards in here and one set of cards in there and, you know, whatever. Um, but that said, yep. I feel like the trade off for that is probably worth it because having all those fancy things are really cool, but those are also the things that drive the cost of board games, you know, over $50, whereas this is like 20 it's 20. It's it's I mean yeah. it's, it's a really yeah. I, affordable game.
1: <laughs> and and to be honest, if they if they if they were going to um add cost to it, I would rather them do it in the form of making the cards regular size, standard size cards rather than the mini cards yeah. and thickening up the cardboard shits a little bit rather than giving me a nice insert. I could do without the insert. I don't care about that.
2: Oh in yeah, in terms
1: and, of gameplay. So
2: Yeah. Oh yeah, I was just uh I was just saying because we've had so many wacky games recently mm-hmm. where It was just amazing. Yeah,
1: no, it's it's a really good point. Yeah, no, it's a really good point. But I think I think Jeff has has you know Jeff has it right too that there's so many little bits in this. Um, It could use a tray, but as soon as it needed a tray, the cost would go up so high that it probably wouldn't be worth it anymore. Yeah, I don't think I
3: don't know that a tray for this one would kick it over fifty, but it would definitely kick it out of the hey. This is something you can buy and give to a seven or eight year old for for a birthday present. Which incidentally is exactly what we did,
0: right? No, but and, and I don't know that, that, that a tray alone would knock it into fifty. But I think a tray with you know uh, larger pieces, larger cards, you know, plastic or wooden player pieces. You know, yeah. if you do all those things, that, that would make it sort of the equivalent in terms of physical product to other recent Watsy games. Uh, you know, you could make something that looks really cool, but I, it would drive the price up. Uh, you know, the way it is, I'm willing to take the the lesser quality physical product because it's only 20 bucks and it, you know if yeah if i if i spill my coke and it ruins one of the game piece excuse me one of the game pieces that's not a huge deal because if i need to replace it i can go out and buy a whole other copy of the game for 20 bucks
1: you know well and that's that's the thing i mean we, we we're talking about it as though it's a derogatory thing but i think that the components and the tone and the and the fact that there's no insert and the size of the box and all that they exactly fit what the absolutely. game is supposed absolutely. to be
0: absolutely but but yep. but it is worth noting so people know what they're getting into sure absolutely yeah well good <laughs> so what do we like and that and that's it what do we think about the game <laughs> Sam I know you got some ideas
1: uh, I I have so okay you want you <laughs> asked what I like and there's there's something there's something right away that when I opened up and I was reading the rules that I really liked and that is that for each class that you have a possibility of playing there is a male option and a female option yes. mm-hmm. for each one. And I really mm-hmm. I really liked that. I thought that was classy to do that because, you know, honestly they didn't have to do that uh, because it's already, as we said, it's a relatively low budget product and, you know, and it's each piece has different art depending on gender and, and it's not cruddy art. It's good art and it's not offensive and it's not, you know, sexually exploitative or anything like that. And, no, and okay. yet it's very tasteful and it, and it fits. They all fit the tone. So that's good.
0: I think a lot of the, and I didn't check specifically but but the impression yeah. or the feeling I got looking just glancing at the art was that a lot of it was recycled from other D&D product.
1: Yeah, sure, but yes. but you know, there's a variety of things they could have they yeah. could have used and they picked really things that really fit the tone of this game. They did. Yeah. And, and also the, the the icon Oh, go ahead.
3: Sorry, Jeff. Go ahead. Let's say and not just the things that fit the tone of the that fit the tone of the game, but also the father of a seven-year-old who is beginning to pick up some of my interest in gaming i'm still not comfortable letting him sit down with any of my fourth ed rule books just Mm -hmm. because when it comes to what's appropriate for a seven-year-old some of the art choices are not necessarily in the best of taste sure i have no problems with him going through
1: any of the things in
3: in this Mm
1: -hmm. And um, and the, the second thing that was really good that struck me uh, from the beginning, they've really – the color coding is really nice, and all the cards are color coded. They did a really good job with that, and the iconography is really nice. It makes it very easy. You don't have to read anything. Once you sort of understand what they mean, you really don't have to look again. Mm-hmm. So th- yeah. those are the sort of three things that I really think they did a good job with, and then I'll let everybody else finish saying about <laughs> what they like, and then we'll get to the dislikes.
0: <laughs> okay. Jeff, what do you like?
3: Okay, the, aside from the things that, that Sam has set out, I like that it, probably in keeping with the older versions of this particular game, although I will admit I hadn't owned any, the rules fit front and back onto what amounts to two 8.5x11s. Two mm-hmm. That are side by, so I guess total front and back of an 11 by 17 It means that even if I hadn't been there to play it with my son the first time, that he could have sat down, gone through it, and probably just about figured it out himself.
0: Okay.
3: The color coding has already been mentioned, and as somebody who's been floating around various parts of the gaming hobby for more than 20 years, not quite 30, it captures very well the feel of one particular style of this. And we'll come back to some of that maybe in what are some of the dislike pieces, sure. sort of as Sam was indicating.
0: Sure. And you, may, and you mentioned how simple it is to pick up. The first time I played the game, I hadn't even opened it. Uh, I hadn't taken any of the pieces out. I hadn't read any of the rules. We just said, hey, we've got an extra hour. Does anybody want to try out this big game? And we pulled it out, and I, I skimmed through the rules, uh, and I read some parts aloud, and then we just played and and. And, and as we played it more and more, you know, typically you'll, if you do something like that, you'll play and then you'll mess up some of the rules and then you'll play more and more and figure yep. out what you messed up. It turned, I don't think we messed anything up. I think we were playing everything correctly. We haven't found any mistakes yet in our, in our initial play. And, and that speaks highly to how quick it is to pick up and learn. The first couple of times I played with the Grasshopper, we had, I think, two things we got wrong. and I'll,
3: One of them is maybe even the subject of some debate over at the Board Game Geek community and might be an inadvertent error pulled into this edition of rules. But again, that's one we can let, come back to in a little bit. Yeah.
2: Well,
0: i have to say, I enjoyed a lot of this game. Um, I think there was, a, there was a level level of competitiveness that the game sort of creates and engenders that I thought was a lot of fun. Um, you know, where one character is sort of following around another character, waiting for him to die so they can pick up all their loot. We've had s- several games that go like that, or they're racing each other to different um, rooms to to get to the loot and the monsters first, because you know nobody else wants to go into the in the in the tough rooms. Um, you know, and so I, I found a lot a lot there that was a lot a lot of fun. In fact, I probably I've probably had more fun playing this than any of the other Watsi board games I've played. Uh, you know, that said, I've had, you know, out of six or seven games, I've had one great game and five or six pretty good games. But that one great game was incredibly fun. Like, we were all running over there and we had three people die and, and we were all sort of stealing each other's loot and and, and watching others uh, fall by the wayside. And it was a lot of fun. Um, but all the other games besides that one round of play was all were also really good um you know that one just sort of stands out as, as a particularly fantastic game thoughts or should we let sam rant on why it's horrible no i well, actually it, i remembered i remembered
1: something that i that i also liked about it but okay. i i didn't know if we wanted to get into the sort of mechanics or if we're just kind of doing an overview
0: yeah we can get the command mechanics go for it
1: okay well so one of the things that i liked was doors and uh, because basically, uh, if you and there's also I think a treasure card that gives you the ability to use all the secret doors, mm-hmm. and so when you when you get up to a secret door, you have a chance of discovering it, and if you discover it, you can always use that door, mm-hmm. and so it's it was really nice because you know they could have done it where okay if you if you discover it you get to go through it and then you end up forgetting. You know, but you actually your character will remember it the whole time, which I really liked the fact that they threw that little that little bit in. Although there's no way to mark it, so you are the player is has to remember.
0: Yeah, although given that um, the game tends to go fairly short, that's usually not too right, tough To do chances
1: are it's not going to be an issue, right? But but there's also a treasure card that lets you see all secret doors, mm-hmm. which is a really interesting mechanic. And then if you lose that treasure the ones that you already went through you still remember those but you don't know any of the new ones which is you know it's just an interesting way to do it mm-hmm. but it seemed, it makes sense right i liked the way that they implemented that i mean and a
0: lot most. of the ways the mechanics sort of follow you know if you were actually a guy in a dungeon this would this is what what would make the most logical sense mm-hmm. so that's how the mechanic right. works right you know it's and that's good. why and that's why i like yeah, it. yeah. yeah. awesome so yeah. now do you, now do you want to rant and rave about why it's horrible um well, I don't. I, you know, that's <laughs> sort of a misrepresentation. I don't think I, it's horrible. I think, I, I think am, I it am, is. I am attempting purposely to misrepresent. game, and
1: so it's. You know I know you're, you're trying to bait me um, you know I'm not the target audience for this game I, i'm I'm a complex board game player um, and I have an extensive board game collection and I, re- I like really deep complex games it doesn't mean I don't appreciate lighter games and this is uh, definitely falls into the lighter spectrum but it's supposed to so you know I'm not saying that as a derogatory I'm just it's just a bit of information um, there is one thing I really don't like about it though and and part of it's because my favorite character class in D and d is the cleric and part of it is just because I feel like it's a bit of... of I think they could have done done it better. And, and here's what it is. If you play a cleric, um, you don't get any special bonus. So if you play a rogue, you get this special secret door thing. And if you're a fighter, you're just really good at fighting. So so you're good at fighting at every you know every creature. And if you're a wizard, you get spells and stuff. And the cleric has to get the same amount of loot as the rogue does... In order to survive, but gets basically no special power, and it and it says that you know each character class does best at certain levels, but that's not actually true <laughs> for the cleric because there's only one there's only like one creature on those those three levels that he supposedly does better at where he actually can more easily defeat that creature. Um, so I feel like they sort of short shrifted the cleric, and it left me wondering why even have that in there other than that it's an iconic class. But they could have, if, I feel like they could have added some small mechanic. You know, like the first time that, you know, I don't know, something about healing because, of course, clerics are traditional healers. They could have put in a really easy mechanic. Maybe the first time that you get knocked down, instead of, you know, getting hit as bad as you did, go one level up or something and, you know, and not and not get, take the damage. Or just, just one thing to make the cleric mm. different from the fighter. Because the cleric's really the same as the fighter, other than that he doesn't need as much money to win. But he doesn't fight anywhere near as good as the fighter does. So mm. it's not really... That much, you know, it's, it's sort of an, a little, I don't know, it just feels like it's it's almost giving lip service to it and not really doing something for it. And, and I Here's, think so that was, my, that, that was yeah. my major mechanical problem. And, and I, think, that?
0: I think the reason that happened was because they're basically paying lip service to it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, as you said, I, I think yeah. they, they really I, wanted to use the original mechanics. Yeah, and the original mechanics didn't have a cleric; they had those four other classes, and so they just reskinned right. it to make them look m- like D and D classes instead of hero and superhero and whatever. They turned them into other things that are the iconic D and D classes, and so mm-hmm. they, they did. I mean, they they entirely reskinned it. They didn't want to add new mechanics and new rules, uh, and so they called it a cleric because that's an iconic D and D class. But you're right; there's no mechanic that makes it feel clericy, and the and yeah.
3: the cleric. The cleric in this edition is what takes the place of what was the hero in the old one. Mm -hmm. The fighter is the translation of the superhero, the rogue is the translation of the elf. Wizard stayed the same. So yes, Sam, the the other thing though, if you kind of think about first level really old school cleric, first level really old school cleric didn't have any spells to sling. I don't think the clerics even picked up the turn on net ability until higher levels. So in that sense, yeah, no, the, yeah, and in, so in that sense, yeah. the cleric here is yeah, like but, a first level cleric coming out of the gate.
1: Mm-hmm. But even the target audience doesn't know that, right? That's true. So I know that, but I'm not the target audience. Right. So the, if the target audience is looking at these four people, these four classes that they could play, there's really no reason to play a cleric. No. The, the, it's kind, the, of, it's kind the, of the runt of the litter. The
0: cleric <laughs> is for somebody who wants to play the fighter, but doesn't want to have to take as much time collecting loot because they have to collect less. I mean, that's the, the cleric is basically a fighter that has to collect less less loot.
1: No, the cleric's it, fighting ability is much suckier than well, the fighter.
0: Right, but in theory, equivalently so with their with their loot. But l- that
2: l- doesn't make it fun necessarily. That's fair.
0: Yeah, but it doesn't make it more fun. That that's
1: thank you Tracy. That's exactly what that's the thing is that all of these the other three have something that's like this is really fun because you know what the fighter kicks butt. He really can fight the creatures easily, right? And the wizard has cool spells and the rogue has cool um, you know sneaking abilities or it can go through secret doors easier. And the cleric has nothing.
0: That that said, what we found is that the wizard's cool spells are not enough to make it possible to win with the wizard. <laughs> No, really? nobody, okay. nobody in our games that played with a wizard ever got anywhere close to winning. I don't think, just because their requirements are so much higher, and and you know even yeah. even with their spells, they're not that much better than than you know the fighter or whatever.
1: And they can't use magic swords, so they actually have a dera- you know a, a disadvantage. Uh-huh. So well, they don't have you to know, be even in if because yeah, has just
2: yeah. pointed up wizards <laughs> yeah.
0: don't have
3: to be in the room, and that is. That can be a very that's true powerful thing if used correctly.
0: Right. So the idea is that the wizard is going to go into the really tough places, and they're not going to win very many fights. But there's a lower risk for them, right? Mm-hmm. You know,
2: and they're not going to lose all their stuff yeah. right. as often,
0: right? But yeah, in my in my experience, the fighter and the rogue are, are going to win most most of the time, at least in our games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the wizard gets to do the cool stuff. I think you've successfully convinced me to only play rogues from now on. <laughs>
2: Hey, just like real the indie Notch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which brings up the a point I kind kind of talked about before the show, but we can talk about now is um, with games like Castle Ravenloft. One of the ways it was introduced was it, was to teach people how to do the four E mechanics without them being in the middle of a role playing game. And I was kind of wondering if this board game was supposed to be similar for uh, people who are going to be playing the indie next.
3: Not for people who are going to play D&D next, but if you go back, I think, to some of the old minis games that the early, early versions of D&D were based off of, then I think it does. Because if I remember my gaming history right, the minis system that grew into D&D actually had a 2D6 against a chart mechanic. Hmm.
2: Well, I, I don't. I, I think the thing is, it's not necessarily to get so caught up in what the mechanics are versus the, the the basics of what what the game entails. So the thing is, like this game teaches you to look for secret doors and that you might not be able to open them, even though you you know that they're on the map. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then in th- counting up your gold pieces and mm-hmm. and to kind of. Win the game and, and things like
0: that. I, I think to that idea, what what this game is is it's a really great introduction to D and G D and D in general because the things you're talking about are sort of iconic things that exist in all versions of D and D. Right. You know, exploration and fighting monsters in a dungeon and getting loot and getting out and finding secret doors and casting spells and all that stuff is is iconic D and D. You know, uh, and that's what this game is, is good at introducing. You know, without without getting bogged into a story or even complex mechanics. I mean, uh, the the adventure system games, Castle Ravenloft and the others, um, used basically fourth edition mechanics, which are, are relatively complex. Um, right. This is a much more straightforward mechanic, and it introduces a lot of the concepts and feel and idea of what is you know classic D anD.
1: d Well, and I think it's a, it's a way for a parent to introduce their kid to those tropes. And the kid is getting to spend time with the parents, and and the parent gets to spend time with the kid, and, it, and it's sort of you know, one of those quality time things. And it also sort of inculcates a love of that fantasy stuff, because that also equates to good times with mom and dad, mm-hmm. right? And so then, then when they get a little older, then maybe they will play Castle Ravenloft. They'll move from dungeon to Castle Ravenloft, and then, then they'll move maybe from a Castle Ravenloft-type adventure system game onto actually rpg Mm-hmm. So I, it might be an introduction. It might be an introduction in that way, but I'm not sure the line is as direct from Dungeon to an older system of D and D as the line is from Ravenloft to Fourth Edition. No,
0: and, and I, I think that's true. But but I think yeah. at the same time this is an easier stepping on point than the adventure system games. Oh, are.
1: absolutely. Yep, absolutely. And I don't think that's necessarily. I,
0: yeah, um, I mean, Sam, you seem to, to really like the idea that this is a a, a game targeted at kids. I well, I don't. I don't. I just mean young people. I I just mean young people. Well, I I don't count um, myself in that in, the, in that number. I don't count myself in that number. And and I think I like this game more board as a board game more than anything else. Wizards has put out. Um, you know, I as much as I like uh, Lords of Waterdeep, I enjoy this game more. But it has a different feel. You know, it it is a different style of game. and some and I typically like. I, I've I've had a, a hole in my gaming life. That needed to be filled with a relatively straightforward, simple game that can be played in a half hour. And despite all the despite all the promises, this one actually fulfills it.
1: So maybe I should maybe I should then I shouldn't use the age as the definition. Maybe I should just say this is a very light board game.
0: Yeah, I think that's fair. It's a very it's a very light game. I
1: sort of feel like mechanics are very light.
0: This is a, a game that fills a similar niche for me that that like Munchkin fills, but without so much overt humor. You know what I mean? Right. It, it's it's uh-huh. the same yeah, for the sure. same style of gamer. It's got a similar style of competition. The one thing I kind of wish it had is I, I wish there was a way. I almost wish there was a little more PvP. You know, I kind of wish that mm. uh, that if there was that moment or uh, or an optional rule where there was that moment that everybody knew that this guy had the loot he needed and he was making yeah. a da- he was making a dash for the for the end. That there was something we could do about it. But so many times we'd get to the end. It's like oh. We can see this guy's heading for the exit. He's going to win, and there's nothing any of us can do about it. It's just a foregone conclusion. So let's get through these next three rounds. You know, well at that point we'll just stop.
1: Well, the rules, yeah, the rules actually say that a a player can never fight another player. Right, a hero can never fight another hero. But it's actually in the rules. I sort
0: of wish in, in those sorts of situations there was a way to throw up the roadblocks or to, or to mess them up or, or whatever, mm-hmm. just because, and I don't know that I want that in every game, right? Cause that would extend the games considerably. Sure. Um, but yeah. every now and then it's like, Oh man, we've already <laughs> gone, we've already gone an hour on this and it's been awesome. And then three people have died and let's see if we can hose over this one, this guy one more time. And wouldn't that be a blast? You know, <laughs> mm-hmm. it's, it's sort of because maybe cause I get into that sort of munchkin mindset I mean, and that's what you do in munchkin, right? You wait until somebody's about to win and then everybody hoses them. Right.
2: Well, I I guess what you could do is there's that solo uh you could play as a solo player and you have one of the monsters roam the dungeon. Hmm. Uh, is mm-hmm. the setup so you could maybe do something like that but have it be multiplayer so you have a, a monster that's roaming around that can attack other players.
0: You're right on. That might be okay. <laughs> I th- I feel like there's an optional yeah. rule or a house rule out there or something that that could add that just slightly more higher level of complexity. You know, not much. Just a little bit. Just a, that little. You know, turn the dial up three notches, and and I think that would be really fun sometimes. Not every time, but sometimes. Yeah.
1: Well, and that's why they didn't write it in, though, right? Because if it, if it was there every time, it would make the game not fun. Well, sure, the majority, but they, the but they time. could also list it as an
0: optional, right? And right. Maybe, and maybe they still will. Maybe it'll pop out as a Dragon Magazine article or something. Given that an some affordable.
1: sort of variant, yeah. Yeah. There is there. one thing that I that I just remembered that I didn't like about it. Um, when they. In terms of the des- the design space and how they use everything and and everything, what they really needed to do was print out little little helper cards that tell you the results of combat because they really only printed it in one direction on one side of the board, so yeah. only one player can see it at a time
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah, and so then either the other players are stuck having to crane their necks and look or ask or look in the rule book, and that's kind of an, an annoying thing from a board game perspective, yeah, sure. Uh, and I, it seems like they could have printed out on, you know added four little extra cards that had those things on it that everybody mm-hmm. could just have in front of them, yeah, like yeah, the size of the treasure card we 've sort
0: of resolved yeah. it by by having um, you know we have two piles of of what the little graveyard things that show where rooms have been cleared out, mm-hmm. and, and then we 've had you know you know people over there and then somebody else over on the other side with with the rule book with that page just sort of always open. To help yeah. spread that information, but you're right. Yeah, it would be nice to have have a little card, a, like a playing card size thing, that had that chart on one side and just sort of the 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 different you know the 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 actions of a turn sort of on the other side. Um, you right. Know, just yeah. so everybody knew yeah. what they Play, what they could do. Player in that.
1: aids. Yeah. Yeah. Player yeah. aids. They could have done. Well, yeah.
3: Well, the the thing I don't know there is I haven't stopped to sit down and count how many cards are in the game, but as somebody who's into the board and card site, side of the hobby at least as much as into the rpg side i know from a couple of places that if you don't end up putting your number of cards as a multiple of 54 that all of a sudden your card production cost goes up
1: mm. a lot there's 160 there's 165 cards in the game i don't think that's a multiple of 54
0: <laughs> well and of course that's uh those are like half cards mm. Right, sure. Yeah, true. But, but at the same time, Wizards of the Coast, if anybody has the means to to do what they want with cards. I mean, right? I mean, they do magic and I don't think boosters come out in sets yeah, of 54. Yeah. Yeah, so <laughs> No, but I know what he's saying though. There is no, there, I, there yeah. are certain
1: standards about how many how many of certain things of certain size you can fit on one Printing template and all that kind of stuff, which I don't know a lot about that. Um, so what? what but, I what but I there ex- there there, there, are, there are you know standardized sort of things that, that people follow.
0: What I expect Sam is that you are going to create those cards as a PDF and <laughs> make and make it available on the internet for everybody to print off and put on put, play at their game. No, because no, you don't have enough going <laughs> on.
1: <laughs> I, yeah, uh, there might already be some up at BoardGameGeek. There
0: might be. I'm looking right
1: now. There's I'm nothing that. With- yeah there's
3: nothing that jumps out
0: well we, we will let thing we, in the we, file section we have now let the internet yeah. know that this is something sam wants so somebody will will i'm sure go out there and make it i mean honestly is, it's, not, uh, it's not it's not it wouldn't be a difficult thing to make
3: yeah
1: so. and no
3: well the-
0: but uh,
1: but so don't send anyone on a wild goose chase because to be honest i probably won't use them because i won't play this very often so yes there but, you go. but
0: i but i will <laughs>
1: Oh, well, so re- so what you're really saying is this is something Jeff wants.
0: <laughs> well, Sam requested it, and I so will use it. Someone in should in, in think. In
2: <laughs> so while, and while we're talking about things that could improve the game, uh, I was looking at the board, and I don't see any special markings on secret rooms to help you differentiate them. But And the rules kind of just say to write it down on a piece of paper which ones you've already opened. Does that uh, work yeah. for you guys? Yeah. Yeah, I
0: mean, have, in the times that we played, you haven't even needed to write it down. And, and by secret rooms, you mean secret doors, because some rooms can yeah. be accessed by a normal door on one side and a secret door on another side. Mm-hmm. Um, right. But, but we we haven't even written it down. We have just sort of remembered. I mean, the games are only 30 minutes, and you might go through one, two, maybe three secret doors in the whole game, and it's not hard to remember that, oh, yeah, I've already been through that one. Okay. So it hasn't been yeah. an issue for us.
1: However, for a for a smaller... Uh, a younger player. I'll go with the age thing again. You know, <laughs> And that's fair. I was going to say for a smaller person, <laughs> but I meant for a younger person. Hey, it counts uh, they might me not, too. I'm
2: a smaller
1: you know. person. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, see? Uh, but, you know, people's memory capacity is different, right? Some people mm-hmm. have really good memories, some people don't. But I- I'm not sure it's a big enough deal in the game to worry about what they would have had to do extra to make it so that they had little colored dots or something for you to put, you know, for your player color to put on a secret door you've been through. I mean, I don't know that that would have been worth it.
2: Yeah, I was just thinking, um, putting numbers yeah. next to the doors. Yeah.
0: There's already enough uh, teeny tiny little you know things to. Although, oh, right. I see what you're saying. Yeah, Tracy, you're right. Print, it
1: right. print it right. on the board. Put a number, and then you could just write a number you on just your say, yeah.
0: Of I've paper. been through door number one yeah. or two. Yeah, yeah. that's cool. That, yeah, that's that's good idea. That's
1: true. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
3: I don't know how easily it would have been readable, and that actually makes me think of something, something else that's sort of an accessibility issue that would not have run across my radar except for somebody that I played board games with back when I lived in North Carolina, and that's that I'm not positive that the colors are friendly to people who are colorblind.
0: Mm. Right. But no, they're le- not. But, but at least they also have symbols. You know, so if yeah. you if you know you're the the fighter, you can remember it by the symbol rather than the color. Right, but I'm thinking but about the, also the colors but on the, the, level colors. Oh, yeah, the, level the level colors. Oh, the level colors. Yeah, I suppose.
1: Um, so that's, there there are some places where it would be indistinct, where one level begins and another level ended, even though in the main chamber room of each level it has the level, but the each individual room does not. Right. Right? So, so that might be a problem. That that's is true. Fair. There's no iconography for that either.
0: Yeah, that's true. And I was going to say that one of the things that kind of drives me crazy, although it makes it feel a little more old school – is the fact that um, the the player uh, standees are are oftentimes bigger than the squares that they can stand in? Yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> which, which, yeah. I mean, you get it figured out, but it's 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 just a little uh-huh. uh, aesthetic twinge. You know, it's like this doesn't fit right. <laughs> you know, right. <laughs> I mean, they're car they're cardboard, so they're relatively two dimensional. So they fit, you know. It's not like you're you're bumping into other other standings, and, and it's going to be a big mess, right? I mean, it, it works, um, but it is just a little bit of an aesthetic. I really, you know, I kind of wish this thing would fit in there. All right. Yep. And yep. Any other thoughts?
1: Um, I don't think so.
0: Tracy, any last thoughts?
2: I'm fine.
0: Jeff, any last thoughts?
3: They did. This was a really good way to help work around that we weren't positive that the that all of the friends my son wanted to have his birthday party had parents who would have been comfortable with it being a Dungeons and Dragons party. So this gave us the ability to do something else that was dragon, and then to also have dungeons, just not together.
0: Awesome! That's really cool. Nice. Yeah, and 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 now that you we've ta- we've chatted, and I know you've been playing it with your seven-year-old, um, I want to try to make some time in the next month or so to to play with my seven-year-old because I've only played with with my normal gaming group. I haven't actually played with the kids, which is unusual. Usually, the the kids are my first test run for any board game I get. So, <laughs> Sam, any last thoughts? Did I already ask you? I think I already did. Yeah, you did. Okay, well then let's uh, say thanks. So I want to say thank you to Sam Dillon first for for making it out even in his. Uh, uh, less than, than his full health state. He's, de- he's yeah. about three hearts in his health bar. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. So one of these days, send me a potion. Yeah. One of these days you'll get healthy and caught up on, on editing episodes, right?
1: No kidding. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> Telling you. So if
0: anybody's wondering where all these episodes are, we're still recording them. It's just Sam hasn't been healthy enough yeah. to, get, to get him ready. So
1: yeah. Sorry.
0: You'll get there. It's fine. And, hey, I could always step in, too, if I wasn't slammed and and busy as well. So I'll take some of that. Yeah. Uh, And we also want to thank Jeff Dugan for joining us. Jeff, anywhere on the internets that people should find you?
3: Uh, Probably the two. Well, the biggest one would be my Twitter handle is at I generally tend to tweet about gaming, sometimes about parenting and sometimes about science education. But the the other one where I'll do a little happy thing here in my chair at the computer is in about a week and a half from when we record this. I have an article coming out in Dragon.
1: Oh, excellent!
0: Great. I'm getting my, the second draft of my pitch my uh, pitched article getting ready getting ready for the deadline. So I feel for, I I understand that sort of uh, pressure, and I'm anxious to see where it goes. Uh, all right. Well, we also want to thank our listeners uh, and. <laughs> I I just realized that I'm reading Tracy Tracy's script. It's not that part of the script. It's not that I that I was being awkward. Hey Tracy, you want to thank our listeners?
2: Definitely. Uh, thanks for checking out the Tomb's Amazon link when doing your regular Amazon shopping, and also for checking out the new D and D Classic site where PDF products from all editions of D and D are are becoming available. There's already it was over eighty, right? There's a whole bunch, yeah. Uh, if you use our affiliate link will get a portion of the sales
0: you bet and all of that uh, helps us pay our bills and, and keep the thing going so you can get get your awesome product and support the show at the same time speaking of the show you can contact us at thetomeshow at gmail.com or the bizline at 919biztome uh, and you can find show notes and the affiliate links and everything else over at thetomeshow.com
2: and that is episode 210, where Jeff G has been the fighter, Jeff D tried out the cleric, Sam got his hands on the wizard, and I was going to play the rogue, but I kind of spilled my drink, and now the cardboard standy won't stand up. In this episode of... <laughs> I'm on the wall.